Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Gretchen is a 54-year-old female with a past medical history significant for hypertension, sleep apnea, and obesity. She calls the office today to be seen, and she sounds quite concerned. Yesterday, she noticed on her smartwatch that it stated she had atrial fibrillation and that she's nervous about it. She doesn't know what to do. How can we help her? Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me today is Dr. Marianne Montague, visiting assistant professor at Fitchburg State University. Good morning, Marianne. Good morning, Frank. Wow. So um, I have a smartwatch, and periodically it tells me all sorts of things. Can smartwatches really detect atrial fibrillation? So that's a great question. Um, The FDA has actually approved multiple smart devices, including the Apple Watch, the Fitbit, Samsung Galaxy Watch, Withings Watch, and many more to be utilized in the algorithm for diagnosing atrial fibrillation. Wow. So no kidding. I didn't realize all those watches did that. Um, are Are they pretty accurate? The thing is, they are sensitive, but not specific. So then you would want to bring a patient in. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that they, they probably pick up any sort of arrhythmia uh, quite well, but maybe they overcall AFib. Um, they're, they're not specific for AFib, so other atrial arrhythmias can occur, even sinus tack, and it can sometimes pick it up. So I'm concerned, though, as is Gretchen. Um, what are the concerns about having undiagnosed atrial fibrillation? So some of the concerns are we know that especially when I look at Gretchen in her past medical history. So she has a history that makes me worried because she has hypertension and she has obesity. So those can be risk factors. But also, undetected atrial fibrillation can lead to poor outcomes and cardiac emboli. And these are things that we want to be aware of and make sure we're addressing. So I like to remind myself of the risk factors patients have and it never hurts to bring them in and further assess. So sometimes, you know, somebody who's advancing in age, hypertension, obesity, European ancestry, diabetes, heart failure, hyperthyroidism, these can be all causes among others that could make me think, hey, does this patient have AFib? And we find that in cryptogenic strokes, one of the leading causes is atrial fibrillation that's undetected. Yep, I I think uh, I think you're right. With the uh, she's got a multiple cardiac risk factors, and the thing we worry about most, especially in someone as young as her, is having a stroke. I didn't realize that thirty um, percent uh, uh, were associated with with, with uh, of cryptogenic strokes were associated with AFib. All right, well we bring Gretchen in, and she's nervous. We're a little bit nervous. Um, what do we do next for her? Great question. So it's important to capture the irregular rhythm. So as we said, the watch might not show us. It might just alert us that there's an irregular rhythm. So then what can be done after that? 
An event monitor can be ordered. You can look sometimes like on my Apple Watch, I can see the rhythm. Strips that are showing irregularities. So if you look at that and you say, oh yes, it's AFib, then great. But if not, some things that can be done are a 30-day event monitor to, for prolonged monitoring. Additionally, you can refer a patient for an implantable loop monitor, which lasts about four to five years. It's a great asset as you can continuously monitor and follow that device. Some things that I would do is I would order labs as well and an echocardiogram for a diagnosis of atrial fibrillation. The labs I would want to order is a basic metabolic panel. Um, I would want to order a TSH and also a magnesium, which I think we sometimes often forget that magnesium, low magnesium levels, you can see a lot of atrial fibrillation in an individual. You caught all the things I had in my differential thyroid disease, um, possible other electrolyte abnormalities. I sometimes think about too, patients tend to use a lot of over-the-counter agents. And so I worry about, is she taking some sort of supplement that might've set her off? Um, is she having anxiety or panic attacks that could set her off? I agree with you about getting the halter. Um, and if you have any suspicion at all about valvular disease, an echo makes great sense. Um, so great, we got to work. We got to work Gretchen up. We got to reassure her that if she does have um, have AFib, we're going to evaluate it and treat it. Um, what are some of the other benefits of wearing a smartwatch? So it, it's very important that as technology changes in this world, that we keep up on it. And one thing that I've noticed as patients bring in their smartwatch readings and also these ring, smart ring readings, is it talks about sleep. Um, it talks about, which can alert us to sleep apnea. It talks about irregular heart rhythms. It helps with fall risk, even oxygen saturation. These are all things that you can see from these devices, which I think in turn, in individuals like Gretchen, it can help us with early detection. And it can also long-term help identify risk factors in individuals and reduce their risk of stroke. I think of them as great mindfulness tools as well. If someone's thinking, oh, you know, I, I walked a lot today. I wonder how I did. And they look and they say they had 4,000 steps and they're like, oh, maybe I didn't walk. I, I do think they're, they're very interesting tools. I, I don't know that they've changed my life, but I really find uh, I've got a lot more information about how I live and what's going on with my watch. And it certainly sounds like um, should Gretchen have AFib, we might have just prevented her from some severe adverse outcome. I completely agree. It's been a great tool. As I was recovering from hip surgery, I noticed myself like, how am I doing? And my physical therapist actually showed me, what are your trends? And then I increased my exercise and activity by watching my watch. Watching your watch. I love it. Well, Marianne, thank you so much. This is a great, great bit of information. I appreciate you bringing it to our group. Thank you. Practice pointer. As individuals live longer, we continue to see a rise in atrial fibrillation. The use of smart devices can be a tool to help with early detection. Join us next time when we discuss the relationship between bariatric surgery and lowering a woman's breast cancer risk. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. 
to claim CME credit. And receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out primed.com for additional CME content.